Sewer Ninjas is dedicated to solving your home sewer issues with the latest no-dig sewer repair technology to minimize cost and disruption. They can repair your sewer lateral line with minimal intrusion, saving you thousands. When you need help, turn to the drain and sewer experts for Milwaukee and the surrounding communities. Give Sewer Ninjas a call, 414-250-8605. Once again, that's 414-250-8605. Find out more at SewerNinjas.com. The NBA beat the NFL at its own game. Of course, we're talking about the big game coming up this weekend, as well as some things happening in the world of college sports, and also a late-night affair with the Bucks as they go for 10 in a row. All that coming up on the weekend edition of the 414 Sports Podcast. Let's go. Oh! But instead, it's the 414 Sports Podcast, and it starts right now. Welcome in. This is the 414 Sports Podcast presented by Sewer Ninjas. I'm Don Wachillas. Thank you so much for logging in and joining us, whether you've done so on Spotify, Google, Apple, or any of the other five platforms that we currently reside on. This weekend brings about a ton of sports in the landscape, both locally and nationally. Of course, we're going to get to the big game. We've got Bucks news to talk about. We're going to get into some of those NBA trades that took place here this past week. We've got college stories up the yin-yang. And, of course, Joe Thomas, a local product here from the state of Wisconsin, now soon to be wearing the gold jacket as a member of the Pro Football Hall of Fame. But I want to start here. And I was having a discussion yesterday with the professor Dan Underberg, who I co-host the college sports show with on Saturdays on 97.3 The Game, 8 to 10, shameless plug. And we were talking about the fact that the NBA has been really above the crease now. If anybody is of an age, you remember the newspaper and how it folded, and if you were on the top half, that was a big deal. And the fact that the NBA has stayed relevant in the midst of of the big game taking place on Sunday between Kansas City and Philadelphia is business genius. By putting the trade deadline on Thursday, knowing how teams trade in the NBA kept the NBA above the crease, so to speak. In many cases, the NBA talked, trumped what is going to take place on Sunday between Philadelphia and Kansas City. We spent more time this week looking at the Kyrie Irvings and the Kevin Durants and the Russell Westbrooks, and for us locally, getting Crowder into the mix, having Jay come back home, a former Marquette grad now going to be wearing a Bucks uniform. All of those storylines superseded anything, at least outside of maybe Kansas City and Philadelphia, anything that took place as far as the game 
on Sunday. And so the NBA, kudos, because the NFL is masterful at it. The NFL, the season starts in September. You get to the playoffs. We're now into February. The big game coming up on Sunday. Every week there is something to talk about with the NFL. Then there's a little break. And then we talk about free agency. And then suddenly it's the draft. And then suddenly we release the schedule in May. And then suddenly it's OTAs. You get where I'm going. Every single month there's a storyline with the NFL to keep it relevant. And here comes the NBA in the midst of all of that, inserting a new deadline as far as their trading deadline goes. And it end up superseding some of the storylines within the NFL. So the NBA, as I said, taking a little piece of what the NFL does and using it against them, in this case, brilliantly, because we had a ton of trades of marquee value this past week. For us locally, of course, it's Jay Crowder, in essence, coming home. The former Marquette star uh, with Phoenix, unhappy, has not played this year, had, um, I'll call it an agreement. We'll, We'll call it a gentleman's agreement and leave it at that between he and the front office about wanting to get out of Phoenix for a number of reasons. And then the trade occurred to bring Kevin Durant down to Phoenix and Jay Crowder and others head over to the Nets. Then the Bucks work their magic and get Jay from the Nets and bring him here into Milwaukee. Now, first of all, the Bucks. Yes, we got rid of Serge Ibaka and George Hill and sent them to Indiana. Indiana in the mix, part of one of these three-team maneuvers. We give up five second-round draft picks, and there were a lot of people on social media not pleased with the fact that we gave up five second-round draft picks. But how many players became known or are currently known in the NBA? When you see them, you go, yep, I know that person, and I know that person. I know D'Angelo Russell, Russell Westbrook, whatever the case may be. How many of those players came out of the second round? Not many. Too many times second-round draft picks are utilized to fill your G G League spots by giving them two-way contracts. So the fact that we gave up five second-round picks, I I, I don't think that harms the Bucks in any way. And the way things get as far as the trades go within the NBA, if the Bucks feel like they need some draft picks, some draft equity, there's going to be ways in the coming years to do so. So to bring in Jay Crowder, Jay Crowder, I hate to say this because I was such a P.J. Tucker fan, still am a P.J. Tucker fan, even though he's down in Miami. What P.J. Tucker did during that championship run and how he was embraced by this city and how he embraced the city, that, that will never be taken away. But I think Jay Crowder's a little bit better at the same skill set and mentality and everything else he's going to bring to the Bucks than P.J. Tucker. Jay Crowder is great from beyond the arc. He's a physical presence. He's got a little bit of attitude when he's down on the low block. He's got all of that, that charisma that P.J. Tucker had. And I think just a smidge better. And the fact that, in essence, he's coming home as a former Marquette player. So he knows the area. There's a level of comfortability right off the bat. I just think it was a, it was a brilliant move. Would I have loved to seen the Bucks pick up another shooter? Yes. But I also know there are going to be players that were, that were traded 
that will soon be released. And so maybe one of those shooters ends up on the open market that the Bucks can pick up. And the only reason I say a shooter is we know what happens when Chris Middleton is not in the lineup. Chris Middleton is a key member of what our big three is between Giannis and he and Drew Holiday. And when Chris isn't on the floor hitting those shots like he can do seemingly without effort from the perimeter, it becomes a big gap offensively for Milwaukee. So to have someone else who can A, come off the bench, or B, fill in on those nights when Chris is ailing a little bit, that's the one thing yet, that's the one component that makes me nervous as we make our way past the All-Star break here shortly and make that run down into the playoffs and see what we can manufacture this year with regards to the Bucks. Real quick, let's get through some of those trades. As Kevin Durant, probably the biggest name of everyone, the 13-time All-Star leaving the Nets, going to Phoenix. He'll join the likes of Chris Paul and Devin Booker. And once uh, Kevin Durant is healthy, the Suns, become a very formidable opponent in the NBA Western Conference. So that'll be interesting to see. The Lakers able to get rid of Russell Westbrook's contract. Russell Westbrook struggling over the last couple of years while in L.A. getting paid extremely well, and it wasn't working out. And the Lakers found a taker in a three-way trade between them, the Jazz, and the Timberwolves. The Lakers... um, In doing so, we'll pick up D'Angelo Russell, and suddenly the Lakers have a much more competent lineup than what they had prior to the trading deadline. So I don't know how deep the Lakers can go. I mean, you can never count out LeBron James, but at least they're better. So it'll be interesting to see how things go for them. There were other teams, obviously, that made trades. The Spurs, um... Uh, just others that that were in the mix. And probably the other one that was of note was the fact that we saw Kyrie Irving go to Dallas. And Kyrie Irving and Luka Doncic now, um, who is still out because of injury, uh, going to be paired up to see how they do and what kind of run they can make under the helm of Jason Kidd. Now, Kyrie had his debut the other night. He got 24 uh, look good. Kyrie, Kyrie's a really good player, but we all know Kyrie will suddenly disappear. Something will happen, and Kyrie will just be gone. And especially if we're looking at a Dallas Maverick team that down the stretch isn't necessarily looking at a championship run. Kyrie needs to redo his image. And every time he has the chance to redo his image, he shoots himself in the foot. And so now Dallas is going to give him a shot. He's going to find that if he doesn't figure out a way to coincide with his beliefs and his thought process with the way the NBA works, he's going to find himself out of the league sooner than what he needs to be. He is a great complementary piece. Kyrie Irving is not the kind of guy you can build around but he's the kind of guy that if you have that star, think about when LeBron was in Cleveland. When LeBron was in Cleveland and Kyrie was there, 
that was a great tandem. And part of that championship run was he being LeBron James and Kyrie Irving doing what they do. But Kyrie can't do it alone. And we've seen him flame out in Boston. We've now seen it happen with the Nets. Boy, that talk about a team in, in disarray. How would you like to be a Brooklyn Nets fan? Think back a couple of years ago when Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, James Harden, their big three were going to come in and tear up the Eastern Conference and make a run at multiple championships. And now just a couple of years later, none of them are there. All three are gone. And Brooklyn's in the middle of a rebuild. And quite honestly, people look at Brooklyn kind of like as the Mojave Desert where you just don't want to go. Like, you go there to die, so to speak. That the Nets are just in need of a complete rebuild, not only on the floor, but with their business culture as well. So it'll be interesting to see how long it takes the Brooklyn Nets to kind of uh, kind of snap out of this. So, again, the trading deadline come and gone. The Bucks get Jay Crowder. We'll talk about the Bucks uh, as they took on the Clippers last night a little bit later in the podcast. But after we take a quick break, let's get into the big game because it's happening tomorrow as we'll find the Philadelphia Eagles and the Kansas City Chiefs vying for Super Bowl, excuse me, the big game. <laughs> 57 and we'll talk about it ahead at tomorrow's big game between the Philadelphia Eagles and the Kansas City Chiefs, I think the first thing we have to talk about is the quarterback position. And I think we have the ability to see what could be an air show or because you've got two quarterbacks who potentially are a little banged up, it's going to be a little bit of a chess match offensively between the two coaches. Now, Jalen Hurts a couple of weeks ago with that injured shoulder has not necessarily looked the same. And even in the NFC Championship game, because of what happened to the 49ers, they really didn't have to air it out. The potential is there. The receivers are there. The offensive line is spectacular. Jalen Hurts has been nothing short of spectacular all season long. But since that shoulder injury, we really haven't seen Jalen air it out. And there may be times on Sunday where he needs to. Can he? I guess that's the big question. Can he? So that remains to be seen. And, of course, Patrick Mahomes on that ankle, that high ankle sprain, he didn't look terrible in the AFC Championship game. There were a few times you could tell when he was forced, especially to his right, and was trying to pivot you could tell that the limp was noticeable. There were other times when he would drop straight back or even run to his left, not necessarily as much, but when he was forced to his right, you could definitely see that it was bothering him as well as it should. I, I, there's no excuses there. That's He had a tough injury that he's been battling through. Now it's been two weeks. 
how has it been able to heal? With all the treatment that goes on, they'll probably shoot it up. And with a with the athletic training staff, you know, taping it the way they do now, it'll just be interesting to see how Patrick Mahomes can respond. You know he's going. You know it'll be a gamer. You know regardless of how painful it is, he's going to fight through it. But from a strategic standpoint, it'll be interesting to see. Another one will be between the Eagles' pass rush and the Kansas City Chiefs' offensive line. The Eagles have had a phenomenal year defensively. The Chiefs have had moments where the offensive line has shown cracks, so to speak, and people have been able uh, to expose the Chiefs' offensive line and put pressure on Patrick Mahomes. Well, then this all falls back into how healthy is Patrick Mahomes How is his mobility? Because his mobility can overshadow some of the gaps that occur on that offensive line. So that's one area to definitely take a peek at. We're not even going to talk about the Kelsey brothers because everybody has talked about that to extreme nausea. The other one is going to be Andy Reid. Andy Reid, who got The Philadelphia Eagles, their first Super Bowl now with the Kansas City Chiefs. You've got a coach who helped, not fully, but helped build back the swag in Philadelphia, now doing so in Kansas City. So that's an interesting storyline, and we'll close it out with this. We've got two African-Americans at quarterback taking part in the NFL's biggest game. And in a time when we're trying to wrestle with some of the racial injustices that take place, not only in the world, but here in the United States, to have two African-Americans at quarterback leading their team skillfully with a ton of talent, I I think is one of those benchmark moments uh, as far as society goes um, with regards to the world of sport. And I'm not eloquent enough to put it, I think, in the way I want to, but I, I think it's noteworthy, so we'll leave it at that. Right now, Philadelphia is a point-and-a-half favorite going into Sunday. You know, we get all the prop bets, right? How long is the national anthem? What color is the Gatorade? Who gets the first penalty? Heads or tails on the coin toss? All of that stuff. If that's the way you go, enjoy it. Don't lose your mind. Don't put yourself in debt. But enjoy yourself if that's the way you want to roll. Again, that coming up this Sunday. We'll take another break, and when we return, we've got some college things as far as the sporting landscape goes to entertain, and we'll do it in just a sec. Sewer Ninjas is dedicated to solving your home sewer issues with the latest no-dig sewer repair technology to minimize cost and disruption. They can repair your sewer lateral line with minimal intrusion, saving you thousands. When you need help, Turn to the drain and sewer experts for Milwaukee and the surrounding communities. Give Sewer Ninjas a call, 414-250-8605. Once again, that's 414-250-8605. Find out more at SewerNinjas.com. All right, let's get into some college sports here before we close out with the Milwaukee Bucks. And I want to start with UWM. The Panthers are on a roll, people. And if you're looking to go watch some college basketball, can you please get to Panther Arena? Now, Thursday night, the crowd was better. The student section, a little bit better. But they deserve more than what we're giving them right now. And Thursday night's game was won again for the ages as they took on Detroit Mercy. 
They win 94-89. It was one of those games where they're up 19 at half, and Detroit Mercy actually outscored Milwaukee 58-44 in the second half. But the storyline, I think, if you're not necessarily one who follows a lot of college basketball and you're wondering why am I going to see Detroit Mercy, you would have gone because of Antoine Davis. Antoine Davis is the leading scorer in the NCAA, averaging just shy of 27 a game. He's got the most 30-point games of anyone in college basketball so far this season, and he went ahead and dropped 42 on UWM on Thursday. Now, that in of itself is a misnomer in two ways. Number one, it doesn't, it doesn't equate to what Markeith Browning did before he twisted an ankle midway through the second half. Markeith Browning was doing everything plausible to try and control Antoine Davis and actually held Antoine Davis to, I believe, 12 in the first half. Markeith Browning was unbelievable defensively against the preeminent scorer in college basketball this season. And not only that, he did it on the other end as well. I think as we went into half, he had 15 points. So he was playing unbelievable defense, was doing it on the offensive end as well, and it just so happened that he ended up rolling that ankle and having to come out of the game. Now we'll keep an eye on how he is doing, but it'll be interesting um, to see how Coach Bart Lundy adjusts his lineup accordingly with the injury to uh, Markeith Browning, who, again, just had an unbelievable opening 20 minutes, as well as the rest of the UWM Panthers. That opening 20 minutes was as good of basketball by any home team I've seen in a long time. They were just on fire. They finished the first half shooting 70-some-odd percent. It was crazy how good they looked. And to give Detroit Mercy credit for the adjustments they made at the half to come out and make it a game, unfortunately, UWM came away with it. Now let's get back to Antoine Davis, who had 42. Guys, I'm telling you, this is Seth Curry. This is the reincarnation of Curry. When Seth Curry was at Davidson, no one knew who he was. He was a good shooter in college that someone took a chance on, and now through practice and growth and training and everything else, he's made himself the preeminent shooter in the NBA. Watch out for Antoine Davis. And then earlier in the week, we get the Marquette Golden Eagles, the women upsetting the number four team, in the country, and that is UConn. And so we had a week in which we see Marquette on the women's side do something they've never done, which is beat UConn. UConn rarely, if ever, loses a game in the Big East, came into the Al and went down to head coach Megan Duffy and her squad there. So congratulations to them on a big win as well. The Badgers get a win. Marquette looking to rebound a little bit here this weekend. We'll get them hopefully back on the right track. If you're into college basketball, you better start tuning in now as we make our way towards March Madness. Before I wrap things up, kind of a college story in that Joe Thomas, who played at the University of Wisconsin, a local product here in southeastern Wisconsin, uh, now will be a Hall of Famer. 
elected and uh, will get his gold jacket here once the ceremony takes place in a few months. So congratulations to Joe Thomas, the former Badger, on making it to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. All right, we'll wrap things up on this weekend podcast of the 414 Sports Podcast presented by Sewer Niches, and we'll talk about the Milwaukee Bucks and what they did now on the court. We talked about the trade. Let's deal with what they're doing on the court, and we'll talk about it in just a minute. All right, let's wrap up this edition of the 414 Sports Podcast presented by Sewer Ninjas on this weekend edition talking about our Milwaukee Bucks. Remember when the Milwaukee Bucks would go to the West Coast and you you just hoped they could win one? Like you went to the West Coast almost to die seemingly as far as your record went, and yet Milwaukee heads to the West Coast and comes away with a 3-0 sweep in that series in which it found itself beating Portland on Monday night, 127-108. Then they took care of the Lakers a, a day or a game, we should say, after LeBron breaks the record. They beat L.A. 115-106. And then last night in a back-to-back, they took care of the Clippers 119-106. to Now, again, can't get overly excited because of the fact there is still so much basketball to be played and we see the ebbs and flows. You know, Boston comes into town on Tuesday and Boston, what, a month, five, six weeks ago was the toast of the NBA as they went on their winning streak and then kind of came back down. And you have to figure at some point the Bucks, their feet are going to touch ground again and the issue at hand then will be for how long. Of course, you don't want extended losing streaks but you know games here and there are going to happen. But you have to enjoy the ride while it's there. Giannis Antetokounmpo with 35 again in beating the Clippers. Uh, Brooke Lopez added 22 and 15 rebounds. Drew Holiday got 19 last night. Right now, this team on both ends of the floor is clicking at a high rate. And it's tough to sustain sometimes, but you like to see what's taking place, even on a night when Chris Middleton took the night off because of the load management that the Bucks are imploring when it comes to his knee. Not trying to push it. A back-to-back, got to give that knee some rest. And it's going to be very important, as we know, to have everyone healthy as we make our way into that playoff push come March, April. And the fact that Jay Crowder will join the team in Milwaukee, that he didn't join the team in L.A., he'll join them in Milwaukee on Tuesday. Now, again, Jay Crowder did not play at all to this point this particular regular season. Coming off of an injury, fighting with the front office in Phoenix, should have fresh legs. And all the Bucks will have to do is patiently work him back into what we'll say game shape. I would I would suffice to say Jay Crowder's in shape. That's not an issue. But there's in any sport, there's gym shape and then there's game shape. 
And so getting Jay Crowder back into game shape will be the task at hand right now for the Bucks, its training staff, and the coaching staff. But just a great win again last night. The Bucks now 39-17, and four games above 500 on the road, which even speaks higher volumes as to the level of success this team has had already this season, 16-12 and 12 on the road. So again, the Bucks now sitting in first place, a 10-game winning streak, Cleveland four back in second, Chicago in third, 12-and-a-half back with regards to the central standings. As I said earlier and repeated it already, it's worth repeating again that the Bucks, a big Eastern Conference game coming up on Valentine's Day on Tuesday against the Boston Celtics. So enjoy some college hoops. we got a lot taking place here this weekend. You've got Marquette playing, Wisconsin playing, UWM at home playing. You also have teams like MSOE at home. So get out. The sun is going to be shining, hopefully, and enjoy the outdoors and head on over and take in some college basketball this weekend and then sit back, relax, and enjoy the big game on Sunday. Thanks again for listening. It is always appreciated. I'm Don Wachillis. Have a great weekend. We'll talk big game next week. (laughs) 